0: Radio Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko glad to have you hanging out with us here on this Monday afternoon got a lot to dive into today you are Atlanta Braves winners of 11 straight ball games just need the Mets to lose a little bit more but Braves finally have decided to show up in 2022 we'll dive into that also have some college football news to get into uh an interesting week For golf as the U.S. Open, and their press conferences started just a little while ago, and you kind of have the rebels against the establishment. Phil Mickelson showing up a little shaky, didn't look like he slept too well prior to this. So, fascinating week for golf, but I have to start here. My question to you, P.J. Zuko, have you watched the new season of Stranger Things?
1: Uh, No, I have not. Have, have you not. watched a
0: single episode um, of Stranger Things?
1: I actually have. There's a funny story about that, if you want to hear it. <laughs> I promise it won't be 15 minutes long.
0: Um, Only 14. Here we go. Yeah,
1: there we go. No, so with with Stranger Things, I had a buddy who uh, hadn't been in town for a little bit. And he came over. He was like, hey, man, have you seen Stranger Things? Whatever. And I was like, I don't really care about it. Uh, it, it is what it is. And he's like, all what right. What does that mean? Is I hadn't watched a lot of it yet. I had watched the first episode, and I just hadn't got back around to it. So I was like, "eh, I'm kind of way behind now." So anyway, he's like, "dude, season three came out, and I just like I need to watch it." I was like, "all right, I don't think it's going to ruin anything for me because I haven't really, I don't know, I, I I don't insanely care about it that much." So anyway, uh, we we watch a few episodes. He you know goes goes leaves, whatever, and I'm like, that was amazing. Like, that show got me hooked. So, I stayed up and watched the rest of the season. And then I went to sleep, and the next day, I watched the first two seasons. So, I watched the third season, and then the next day and the day after that, I watched season one and season two, because it was that good. So, like, so where have you been for a this very season? Very odd. Uh, I just, I, I haven't been watching a lot of TV. It is what it is. What have you been doing? I just don't watch a lot of TV right now. It's, it's. I work, play some games, um, you know. But it feels like. Right now I'm the only one at the house. If so it's a show that, that you're going to mainline
0: animals. three seasons in one weekend. Yeah. Basically like one sitting, you're just like to the dome. Right taken three seasons <clears throat> but that's kind you, of how you, i am with, I, I just but i just figured like if you like, did that then yeah. when the fourth season like if you loved a show that much that when a fourth season came out you would inhale that too but you're kind of like
1: huh? Eh. well that's the thing i know i'm going to inhale it when, once once i get around to it but that's just how i am with tv Where right now i'm not just i'm just not watching a lot of tv okay. it well, is what i watch the sports you know I watched NASCAR. Did
0: you just go like fifty-year-old man on me? Oh, for sure. I, I get the on sports. the Facebook sometimes.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, I didn't have a guy. Stop like on. I haven't even seen any of Kenobi to, yet.
0: To transition, so, to transition over, just quickly here on a tangent. Did I have a gentleman like come into the studio today? Because if you don't know, you can walk in, say hi to us if you want to. Uh, like walked in, and he said, "So what do you think is gonna happen with sports?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, can you be more specific? <laughs> yeah, and he said, do you think they're going to survive? And I just told him, I hope so. <laughs> I uh, kind of I... make what we do obsolete, but I appreciate you. Yeah,
1: well, that's very true. But I'd say if, if they've survived this long, I think they're, wh- whatever's next, they'll
0: probably survive. Yeah, there. I've seen some of the contracts that are getting signed by like Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. I think they're okay. They're uh, right. But I, I didn't want this to turn into a PJ Zuko I guess viewership experience conversation. I just figured you had watched it already. But that being said, I mean that that's that Okay, see? if you if you haven't <laughs> watched it, then you've certainly heard this song by Kate Bush that is just all over social media right now. Running up the hill or that hill excuse me by Kate Bush all over TikTok, all over Facebook, just become like a hugely famous sound because it's featured on the newest season of Stranger Things. I'm not going to give you the exact context because that would kind of spoil some things for you, but a song from 1985 has, has not plummeted, skyrocketed, excuse me, to the top of the charts in Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, and is making a push in the UK. And it's currently one of the most played songs on Spotify, so much that Kate Bush, who's like, pretty much known as a reclusive artist, doesn't really perform live, doesn't put out statements, came out and like said thank you to Stranger Things for the success, right? Just everyone falling in love with this song, that was a hit in 1985. Yeah. Like something our parents were listening to back in the day, right? Mike, I guess the conversation I want to have is, has music, and it probably has, and I'm probably just dumb for not jumping on this earlier has music gone from a linear experience where it's obviously like we've kind of jumped back in the past like growing up we had our music that we would listen to on the radio but then like your dad or your mom had cds and you would kind of listen to those cds and like find different stuff that you liked off of those cds and so you kind of jumped around or like cds your parents would listen to in the car or your older siblings are just you listen to classic rock radio, stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you experience older stuff. But with the advent of Spotify and Apple music and YouTube and the different ways to consume this stuff, I feel like instead of music being a linear experience where it's just, it's constantly evolving and you kind of identify by what was cool, basically when you were in high school to your thirties, right? Like that's, that's when most people kind of identify as like their music. Like this is, this was my music. And it just kinda stopped. Yeah, yeah, this is this is what I do. I I there's obviously still new artists making music, but I don't feel like anybody like inherently identifies by an era of music. I feel like with streaming services and the availability of all of this, I mean I'm looking at it right now. Kate Bush has twenty six million monthly listeners. Running up that hill has been listened to over two hundred million times. Right. On just on Spotify, to 26 million
1: monthly listeners, and uh, I'm sure 20. I, I don't know. I don't the know. Next, how, the how next found closest was like her
0: initial hit, "Weathering Heights." But that being said, I'm sure I just, like
1: 23 of those million are from this month.
0: I just i I find it fascinating because i I think people's music listening experience has become very convoluted in a good way. Right. Yeah. That's very interesting. So where it's a 15-year-old is listening to a song that's, what, 30, almost 40 years old now? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And honestly, it's... And it's a banger. (coughs) And it slaps. And they're like, okay, this isn't just like my dad listening to Classic Rock on the radio in the garage. Like, no, this actually slaps. Yeah. No, for sure. uh, Honestly,
1: every time I've heard it, I've been like, this is a song that could have come out today. But that's another mm-hmm. thing that I think is very good is over the past like five or six years. And before, before that, you know, you had a little dip into it here and there. But I think over the past like five or six years, we've had more of that sound come back around where it's like that, that kind of 80s, like 70s, 80s kind of, I don't even know how to classify it. Yeah, kind of the synth music come back around. Uh, obviously, probably the most popular one just played everywhere was Blinding Lights by the weekend. But yeah. there, it, it, there's been tons of that over the past five or six years, but, which I think has been good because personally I like that. So anyway, um, but no, I, I think you're, you're very right. And I would say that it's not only like that with music, but I feel like it with a lot of entertainment, that's kind of the direction we're going is like a, a lot of people aren't classifying in one or two different styles of whatever, whether yeah. it be TV, music, but they're just diving into everything. And if something's good, they enjoy it. And, and, and if not, but like you said, it's, I feel like it does directly correlate to there's just so much availability. If it's out there, you yeah, can I don't even know.
0: It. I don't even know if it's just music now, right? Because there's a big thing during COVID where, uh, where people were, or kids were going back and watching Friends. Yeah, right? right. They never seen Friends and so like from like watching Friends they then kind of uh, okay, I just I inhaled all of that during the lockdown. What else you got? And they were watching like Seinfeld and Frasier and and just shows that again, our parents and grandparents were watching as we were kids and they're like, "Oh, okay, this actually has some humor. Does everything translate well?" No, but of course, the superstar blockbuster ones like Friends are just kind of inherently going to transition no matter what, just because they were such well-made shows, right? Yeah. And it's just, so I don't know that it's just music. I think TV's there a lot. Like you said, if it's good, it's good. But I think, I guess the point I'm trying to get to here is in 1985, when this song came came out, there probably weren't too many high schoolers walking around with a Walkman listening to a song from 1945. True. Yeah. And obviously, the internet and computers have completely changed the algorithm and just the fulcrum of how we're evolving and consuming things, mm-hmm. right? It's just kind of like it was like a low, like right on the bottom of the graph and then just skyrocketed over the past 40 years, right? But I guarantee you there's some kids walking around right now with their AirPods in listening to running up that hill. Yeah, absolutely. Like bumping that on full blast. Probably more than not, Um Go back to 1985. Ask your parents. Were you guys bumping tunes from 1945?
1: Yeah. If if and if, if you were someone that did, you probably got got looked at and made fun of. Like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, what in the world? No. No. I think that's completely true. I think that's the other side of it too. Is it's you know not only is it happening more and more, and not only is this something that's that, but also it's it's accepted generally in a wide way. Like. Less of, I think that's another cool thing is like, yeah, there's, there's, of course, always people out there that's going to hate on other people because of what they do or listen to, and I don't subscribe to that method of thinking. But um, I think it's a, a lot generally more of like, if you do this, if you listen to this, if you watch this, that that's cool. It's fine. That's what you do. That's you. Yeah. You know? And, and you know, I but might, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not even talking about different. you being a
0: hipster and listening to something else. Like, literally, again, yeah, I know. this song in multiple countries is taking over the number one spot on the pop hits. It's very cool. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, that's that's a little bit different than someone going like, nah, my uh you guys ever listened to Zeppelin 2? No, you haven't heard of Zeppelin 2? Do you even like rock? It's like, all right, now you're being a hipster. Like this is like, this is up she's fighting with Harry Styles. Yeah. For the top of the charts. Wow. I just I I find it fascinating because it's just the way we consume things have completely changed. Now, certain things are always going to be better in the moment. Like, you don't want to listen to me talk about the Braves game from 2014, right? Sports, I think, will always be like, no one's going back and watching games like that just because a lot of what happens in sports is the beauty of it is the not knowing what's going to happen, but stuff like music and television is just, classics are the classics and they're going to be good no matter what a song that's good in 2020 is going to be good 50 60 years from now yeah no true i I've, music is timeless and ageless but well, yeah one of the i mean yeah no i was sure. gonna say if you really want to deep dive down this rabbit hole how much of it do you think and i don't want to sound like the old guy like crockety like, rah, 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 guy here but like how much of it do you think that like music just they're not m- innovating really anymore
1: Well, that's something that yeah, that's that's something that I thought
0: originally when you started talking about this, but like I didn't I didn't want to go off into something, but um, because I don't again I don't want to sound like the old guy, and I like to I try to put like the new discoveries from Spotify, I try to listen to that and like be like okay, like I'm trying to like hear something that's new, and so I I try to be on try to be hip, I guess is the best way to put it, and there are good songs. I'm not saying there aren't good songs out there. I'm just saying like what is new
1: Yeah what what Demi Lovato new. Demi Lovato sound. right now yeah.
0: is going she said she's going through like a change in in the way she approaches music and the genre that she approaches you know what her change is I don't know She's going to rock music Oh, uh, there you go Which, which I mean in 2022 Which in 2022 there. Wild Somewhat Olivia um, Rodrigo's biggest hit she basically just like copied Paramore <laughs> Yeah right Nah it's it's
1: that's one of the craziest things about it um, is, again, like, do want to make a point, though, that, that that is one of the coolest things about having so much out there all the mm-hmm. time now is there can be songs like this and maybe shows like this, but especially in music, there can be songs like this that are like, it seems like it was found. You know, it seems like it was sitting there for a long time, yeah. years, and now it's been found, and it's like, holy crap, this is really good.
0: Well, see, so like running up that hill, I, I think is, like it was so good that it's, it's tried to hit a few times. Like, yeah. I think it was used, was it 2012? The London Olympics, they used that in the closing oh, really? ceremonies yeah. there. And like, it's just, but for the most part, it is typically when there's a movie or a show and they use that song in the show that it really bounces back up. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody never went to number one until. Wayne's World, yeah. (laughs) When they're rocking out to it, it had never been. I think it peaked at like number six or number nine, something like that. If you watch like the Queen bio doc, it was like because it was a six minute long song, which really wasn't the standard back then for pop hits, right? True. And so, it gets played in Wayne's World, smash hit movie with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. They're banging the heads. The scene's iconic, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it shoots up to number one. So use in another medium, a lot of times can shoot stuff up to number one. But it's so it was so rare that that happened but now it seems like it's happening more and more especially when it's something like stranger things which is just culturally it's iconic anyway. yeah. it's like to me probably netflix's defining show um it it was definitely the first one to me i think house of cards was probably initially their uh, biggest one i didn't one. even know that was only a yeah Netflix but then uh, but then you know kevin spacey of course getting exposed yeah kind of tank that one
1: i think Net. i think stranger things was the first one uh, other than that i guess that made me pay attention to netflix yeah. original kind of things i was like wait a minute they have the ability to do this before that it was kind of let's be honest it was kind of a meme like i i didn't see a lot of great things coming out of netflix whether it be you know tv show or movie but stranger things i feel i like kind of changed that but um no i'm, I'm with you though too uh, there's a joke that my cousin told me. Uh, for some reason, I remember this back when we were kids. He's like, "I looked in the future, and guess what? All the movies are sequels." And it's, yeah. it was kind of a joke, like whatever. But like now, it's it's kind of that way. Like you said, I don't want to be that old guy, or whatever. But it's kind of that way, where especially in in music, it seems like in a lot of ways in entertainment,
0: it's insanely music, rare. Entertainment fashion yeah right
1: to to find something new and fresh and i feel like again it's just so much so many things have already been done it's difficult to not just find inspiration from something that's already been done and come up with something completely new well i'm just going to tell you if you
0: haven't watched it the new season of stranger things slaps like it's looking forward to it. it's good Uh, i got a question here from 10 horn productions who's worse snobby music hipsters or Young Kids Ruining Old Classic, I'll say snobby music hipsters because I don't love gatekeeping. And, you know, if you're going to take a shot at trying to, I guess, cover someone's song, I don't hate people taking shots at things. I don't, I don't, I don't hate people take, making attempts at trying to cover things. I guess ruining is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, so yeah, People for sure. like my like, covers. But if you're just intentionally being a jerk right. to be a jerk, Yeah. Like, be, can you yeah. even be a hipster anymore?
1: It's I, <laughs> I imagine it's becoming very, very much more difficult. Well,
0: it's like why, like punk rock's kind of gone and stuff like that's kind of gone, right? Where it's just like, as soon as you put something on YouTube, you're in the mainstream.
1: Yeah, right. No, I, I. It's you don't weird. have to sell
0: out to. You know, I don't sell out. feel
1: like it's completely gone, but I just feel like it's classified in a different way. Because like I certainly have run it. Like you still run into those people that it's like. Hey, I started like you express something. And hey, I started listening to this or I started watching this. I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah. Well, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? And it's it's not done in like yeah. an informative way. It's done in like, are you really a fan? Bro, if you don't just, know this and, this and this and this. You're just listening to the Starbucks
0: right. playlist. Be, yeah, right? Be, be, be real on, man. with us. All right, let's take it quick, break. We're going to come back. Again, awkward day in golf. I embrace the awkwardness. <laughs> I love the awkwardness. It's like a divorced couple looking at each other at an event and they're being forced to attend together. I, I find the awkwardness glorious. Phil Mickelson looks like he wants to be anywhere else right now except for Boston. But hey, that's where he is. So we'll come back. We'll break that down. Again, Braves on an 11-game win streak. You got some Braves baseball coming up for you a little bit later following three and out. Also some college football stuff to dive into as well. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the uniform source, PJ Zuko to my left. I have a question for you, Mr. Zuko.
1: What's, what's going on?
0: How much live golf did you consume this weekend? Because we know you weren't watching Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I watched as much live golf. <laughs> as, as you it,
0: watch Stranger Things?
1: As it? No, 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 no. I watched a little bit more, but it wasn't my choice. I, I, took, I, I watched as much as, as long as it took for me to figure out what was playing in YouTube in Studio 2.
0: Oh, we talked about this, Kevin. Yeah, the yeah.
1: Look at it and be like, what in the world? Kind of critique the leaderboard a little bit. Watch maybe a, a shot and a half. I was like, yeah, I'm not interested in this at all. And so, I moved on with my life.
0: <laughs> so I'm just, I'm trying to figure out the best way to define success because obviously the Saudi Arabians don't care about making money Yep. off of this. This is all a PR stunt and the players who are on uh, that tour were more than happy to take the money from them to try to cover up some of their heinous civil rights violations is literally the only way to say it, right? That's a good point, yeah. So you are the wallpaper over the blood-spattered walls. Right. That's what they're using, Yes, ask. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just trying to be as straight up as possible. So all I have heard, if we're just talking about this from a purely golf sense, is how the... Live Golf Tour is supposed to be the, the fight against the PGA Tour, against the structure of the PGA Tour, the, the man that is the PGA Tour, right? That's why Phil Mickelson was like, listen, I know they kill gay people, and I know they murdered a journalist, and I know they've done all kinds of other stuff. There's scary MFers. These are Phil Mickelson's words. There's yep. some scary MFers, but this is a golden opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour does things. One thing he did not count on was lifetime bans <laughs> from the PGA Tour. Right. Uh, but the other thing that I don't know that they counted on was a majority of golf fans, like, not following them. And Jay Monahan from the PGA Tour, the guy who's announced all the suspensions and, and put the rules out there, basically, uh, about the Live Golf Tour, I like the fact that he isn't offering them any ground. This right. is... Pretty much straight up, if you do that, that's fine. That's your choice, and you're going to make a hell of a lot of money. You're never playing in our tour again. Now, does that matter for this weekend, U.S. Open? No, because that is an Invitational. It is open and is up to the major to decide who gets to play in it. That being said, I'm looking at the RBC Canadian Open from this past weekend. And maybe one of the top 10 tournaments yearly, maybe kind of bordering... On the lower end, right there, it's kind of the Canadian Open, right? It is the Canadian Open, but it's the Canadian's equivalent to the U.S. Open, right? Yeah, right. (coughs) So Live Golf broadcasted their stuff on YouTube this past weekend, and the first round had about 300, oh, excuse me, yeah, about 591,000 viewers, right? After that, it had, for the final round, an impressive, I think, 778,000. Roughly for depending on the metrics you believe, roughly for the weekend, the Live Golf Tour in their three rounds had about 16 million views. Now, views on YouTube are different than viewers when it comes to regular like network cable or listeners when it comes to radio, right? It's, just, it's a little bit different in how they do the metrics. I think YouTube, a view might count as like if somebody stays for 10 seconds on your video, that counts as a view. For the final round on Sunday of the RBC Canadian Open, 2.07 million viewers. Yeah. Just for the final round. Right. Strictly for that, yeah. That's not Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's the final round. And was it an amazingly competitive tournament? Absolutely. Did it have some of the best golfers in the world? Yep. Are those things that you can say about the Live Golf Tour? No. Yep. Because what's competitive about it? Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing. Does it have some of the best golfers in the world? Nah. I was watching Rory McIlroy and Tony Finau and John Rahm go at it in Canada. Yeah. I was watching a bunch of dudes who already got paid just kind of hit around on a shotgun start like a charity event.
1: Right. Which, I, I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah, that's another huge thing that, that I think golf fans, like intrinsic, intrinsic golf fans who are just all about it every weekend, understand already, but may, maybe some outsiders, you know, kind of need to understand as well. It's something that I've, I've learned, um, although I, I know that it's 2022. It's not 2008, right? So new, new stars come up through the mold and um, new guys take over those top spots. It's something that we've already mentioned, but, yeah. and man, it, I think it would be, would be surprising to some people when you say, are the, are the top golfers, Playing in that Canadian Open, or are they in the, in, in the Live Golf Tour, and a lot of people
0: are like, "Yeah, but like,
1: Phil Mickelson is, is in the Live Golf Tour." I, I mean, you have a lot of other people. Yep,
0: Dustin Johnson. Yeah, right? Dustin Johnson, Charles whatever. Marshall like like all those, Lee all Lee those Westwood. names. That's yeah. the,
1: that's the thing. All those names, and it pops into people's head. It's like, what do you mean the top golfers in the world aren't in the Live Golf Tour? They're there. It's like, yeah. not, no, they're not anymore. You know, like you said, the, what the top 14 golfers in the world right now are still the, in the PGA yeah, Tour. Yeah, you
0: have to go down to, <laughs> I believe, Dustin Johnson was ranked 14th. Yeah. And he was so, the top. I think Bryson DeChambeau, who hasn't played yet, he's going to join them in Oregon, I think on June 30th is the the date that that one starts. Uh, and he was 26th, the last time I checked the world golf rankings. So you, if you want to watch the best golfers in the world, you're still tuning in to the PGA Tour.
1: Yeah, I think this Sunday... Uh, yeah. proves that exactly that, that and that's think, where people I are think still going.
0: Saturday may have, yeah, 1.86 million viewers on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I mean, but, doubled them up on the weekend. Yeah. If not a little bit more. Right. And it's just, it's the reality. And, okay, so let's take the level of golfers that are in it out of this. I think it, it probably is ticking off some golf fans, too, that maybe would have been open to it that – they're trying to quote-unquote fix the sport in ways that are outside of how the golfers get paid, right? If your issue, Phil Mickelson's issue was with salaries and, and they believe they deserve to get salaries and cuts of the TV revenue from the PGA Tour, fine. If you believe you need deserved a base salary and that's what you're arguing for, fine. I, I can I can get behind your argument. Do I inherently agree? No, because then you'd have to change the complete structure of the PGA Tour. But that's another story. But if your argument is... How we get paid is what we're fighting for? Fine. Mm -hmm. I can get that, but you're trying to quote-unquote fix golf with what they're doing. Three rounds, shotgun starts, try to get it over as quickly as possible. To me, that completely changes what golf is, especially at the professional level, right? So what I want you to imagine, the people driving in the car, probably the most well-known golf course in the world, Augusta National, I'm talking like people actually know you as a non-golf consumer, know what Amen's Corner is. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, and you can't say that you really know a three-hole stretch on any other golf course. Yeah, right? no, But right. because of Augusta, yeah. you know what Amen's Corner is. Right. So, I just want folks to imagine: here we are, Sunday at Augusta, and Tiger Woods teeing off for his first hole on 12. Right. Or 16, where you can, you've can you seen so many famous hole-in-ones or, or just shots that it's basically gifting a, a birdie, mm-hmm. but it comes at such a crucial moment inside the round that it can completely change the landscape. And then the pressure-packed tee shot that is 18. Right? Yeah. If you hit that one wrong, you can completely negate everything you have done for the past 17 holes. Yeah. And now you're talking about potentially making that like the third hole. It completely changes the landscape of these courses. Make no mistake, these courses, especially the ones that the pros play on, are designed with, I guess the best way to put it, is a story in mind. right? The way the course is set up is to attack you and to change your view and to change the different levels uh, on the course and, and what the green's doing from one hole to the next. And throughout the day, how the greens change from the morning uh, into the afternoon, it's designed to change, and that's designed to be part of a challenge. You completely remove that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: when you do a shotgun start. So if you're trying to make something that rivals the PGA and you, and you want the viewers, I figured if you were this big, bad tournament that is, is or like a series of tournaments that's going to rival the PGA Tour, I would expect your first ever event in England, not like you were having it in a, a course that people hadn't heard about, right? Yeah, I would have right. expected your first tournament in terms of viewership, to maybe pass a borderline top 10 PGA Tour Tournament. Right. Your yeah. big, bad golf tour, uh, with free access, you don't have to pay for it. As long as you got internet, you can watch it on your phone, on your laptop, on your TV, wherever you want to. I would have expected it to pass in viewership, and it didn't. Yep. So that tells me kind of where the heart of the average golf fan is.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. And and if you want to talk about trends and just kind of how viewership goes with things like this. I don't think I'd be – I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't think I'd be insanely wrong to think that when a new league pops up like this or even maybe with a TV show or something like that, it doesn't normally trend upwards the longer it goes on unless it's insanely good. Yeah, the first couple of weeks of those –
0: we talked about last week, like the football leagues. The first couple of weeks are typically the biggest.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, because you've been hearing about it for a while, it's, it's, you know, going after the PGA Tour, all this. The biggest uh, kind of, like, you expect an explosion on that first week, and then it kind of levels out probably a little bit, and the longer it goes on, you hope to keep picking up momentum, the better it is. But you look for that explosion in the first week or two, and it is the complete opposite, which is which is wild. But I, I think, you know, a lot of golf fans, uh, and obviously they proved it this weekend, are, are right there with you. And there's a number of different factors why I think that might have happened. Uh, number one, I, I like you said, I, I just think, listen, they're, they're wanting to stay where the competitive golf is, where the best golfers in the world are. And I, I think the other side of it is I think a lot of people are just kind of one tired of, Hearing about how they're going about everything, and not only that, we've talked about it before, uh, millions of times. Sure, are you going to get a, a big payday somewhere and trying to revolutionize golf? Or whatever, that's that's one thing. Then again, you gotta be careful, I guess. Who you getting?
0: Who, who you go who's, to dinner no, with who's when it your comes fellow
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I I didn't know if that was a good expression yeah, uh, no. to you, to use. Who are you sharing your bed who, with? Who are you getting in bed with? Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. And um, who who are you getting your money from and what is the perception like that around the world of golf? And doesn't seem like it's it's very good based on week 1 by any means.
0: I do love that uh and this is some of the golfers that played in that tournament Justin Thomas one of the guys that Rory McIlroy kind of held off uh, for that win at the Canadian Open. Uh, Rory McIlroy himself taking shots at Live Golf because uh, before that tournament, Rory McIlroy was tied at twenty in terms of PGA Tour wins with Greg Norman, mm-hmm. the face of Live Golf, and got his twenty-first win on the first weekend of Live Golf, and that was one of his first statements was like, "Yeah, that, that felt that felt pretty good." Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine like, that. That was a moment of pride. I, then, I don't uh, think
1: those are going to stop anytime soon. No, and then yeah. Justin
0: Thomas, who's been a very vocal. Critic of the guys who are moving over to that tour uh, said, what a week. That's why we play. And that's why we play on the PGA tour. Got to battle against one of the best today and got out dueled, but not without a fight. Congrats to Rory McIlroy on his 21st with the winking emoji. Yeah, oh, that's good. So I, I know we talked about this last week, but to me, this feels like something that's going to be gone in two, three years after people just stop watching and stop caring about it because there is no competition there. Right. And, you're going to have a lot of guys who yeah bank accounts might look better than they did when they left but you can't tell me this doesn't cut to your core if you're greg norman and you're a PJ legend yeah right and you're just ostracized in the golf community mm-hmm. right or if you're a dustin johnson where you could i mean he might still be but you could have potentially been a hall of famer yeah right long time you were considered to be that guy who could replace a tiger woods as the face of golf or a Sergio Garcia, or a Phil Mickelson, Mm -hmm. where people aren't going to remember you now for the amazing things you did in the game of golf. They're going to remember you for this. Yeah, like That's going to cut deep, and I think we're already kind of seeing how this is going to go. Just my opinion? Just my opinion. Let's take a quick break. This is 2nd down on ESPN Radio. We'll be right back after this. 2nd down on ESPN Radio, presented to you by The Uniform. Source, the Braves have won 11 in a row. Hey-o. And PJ Zuko is here to bring you down.
1: I am skeptical.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing to be skeptical about. They've won 11 in they a row. They have done that. Yeah, that is inarguable. Sure. Yeah. I so don't what, know. I don't know. Why are you trying to
1: bring us down, PJ? I, I'm not even trying to, and that's okay, my thing. Okay, you are. Like, I'm, I'm not. I just want to make it realistic, right? I, I'm i just looking at it like, okay, what's next? Like, like what, oh, okay. what more you can you do? Okay,
0: satisfy PJ.
1: Listen, like... I was thinking about it on on my way in, in the car. And yes, of one eleven in a row, you like to see that it's a, it's a long way from, I think where you started the season, where we were talking about tons of times, you know, one thing was right. Another thing was wrong. And then the next game, that thing was right. And the next thing was wrong. Like the, the hitting, the pitching, whatever it was, something was always kind of off, even in the wins. And one of the critiques was if they could just get those right on the same day, And another one was, if they could just put together a stretch, you know, then we could believe them. Well, they've started to do that, and I think that's great. But I also am looking at it realistically, and a little skeptically, and and saying, you did that against the Rockies, the A's, and the Pirates. So I just... (laughs) I thought of this, like, similarity in the car again. uh, It's like school, with, like, testing, you know? As the school year goes on, the tests get more difficult. What you're studying gets more difficult, right? So the Braves have been able to do this, and I think it's great. 11 straight wins. They've put together a week and a half, and I think that's awesome. But now I, I need to see it against some of the better clubs in the major league. You know, I, I'd like to see it just against a team that's going to make the postseason. Yeah.
0: Okay, can you I – That's pu- my only thing. Can I push
1: back? Sure, absolutely.
0: I threw this at you in the break when we were talking about it. The the old Bobby Cox saying, right? You win a third, you lose a third. It's what you do with a third in between that determines how your season's going to go. Right. And obviously, baseball is two seasons, right? You have the regular season and the only goal, which is kind of become like the NBA, where it's almost impossible to not reach this goal, but the only goal is to make the playoffs. You can win the division, and that's great, but the Braves won 14 divisions in a row and only won one title. Very, so it can become yeah. a negative, right? Your goal is to get to the playoffs as healthy as possible, find some extra pitching, because as David Sampson says, if you think you have enough pitching right now, you're not going to win the World Series. So just <laughs> find some extra pitching before the trade deadline, get there, and get to the playoffs, and then make your run, like the Braves did last year, right? And the Braves consistently have been one of the better teams in baseball for the past four years. True. Right? And yeah. last year, they 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 won the series that they had to win. Absolutely. right? Versus let the Dodgers come back. Right. But to push back against your narrative, I think a win against the pirates counts exactly the same as a win against the Dodgers. Yeah. The only goal is to get to the playoffs. And so the fact that the Braves have ripped this off to me is more of a market correction for a team. That's much better than it performed for the first part of the season. Agree with you there. So if I told you that the Braves, what they're right now, take a quick gander for the overall record. But the Braves right now are 34-27. and 27. I told you this far into the season, they're going to be 34-27. and 27. You'd be like, eh. Yeah. Sounds no, about right. Yeah, Sounds about right. It's just how you get there that's a little bit weird. Do I think the Braves are going to go undefeated the rest of the way? Absolutely not. Right. I think there's just stretches in the season like this one where you're playing consistently bad teams. And that's not going to stop for the next couple of series. You're at Washington for a three-game set. They've been bad. And then you're at Chicago for a three-game set. They haven't been very good either. And you have to take advantage of these stretches because the team that you're chasing in the New York Mets right now are probably in their hardest stretch of the season. So I think you're doing what you have to do. The Mets have played while the Braves have been on this win streak. Let's see. Uh, They played Washington. Pretty terrible. But then after that, they were at Los Angeles for four, at San Diego, and then at the other Los Angeles, the Angels, uh, for a three-game set. Now they're back home, but they're taking on Milwaukee, who's a damn good baseball team, and they're taking on the Marlins, who, it might surprise you, they're only four games below 500. Yeah. they They've kind of had a little bit of resurgence, and then after that, they're at Houston for a couple games before going back to Miami, and then they're playing Houston again for a couple games this that time in New York. So, like, this stretch right here, I know the 11 games in a row have been big for the Braves, but this stretch right here... I don't think all those games are just right off. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. Braves are within one or two of the Mets at the end of that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's very true. I, I will say I agree with you completely with the market correction side of things. Yeah, I think the Braves are playing a lot more like, like the team they are right yeah. now um, than, than they were in the beginning of the season. Also, I am probably looking at this in more of a NFL or NBA way. And probably need to change that around a little bit. Like, for example, no one's looking at at the middle of the year last year and saying, and going back now yeah. and looking at that and saying, "Man, the Braves weren't great in July." Well, who cares? They won the World Correct. Series. So that's that's very true. Probably again, a little baseball, bit of a prisoner of the moment. Baseball, for me.
0: two different seasons. Right now, what you what you need in baseball is like three starters that you know are going to have you in the game yeah. through five or six innings. Once you get to the playoffs, so you put them out there, you feel confident you're going to win. Right. I think the Braves have at least three of those guys right now. Yeah, yeah. And one of them, kind of a surprise there. A little bit. But that being said, I think like the Braves right now, they're like, get to the playoffs. Really, you want to win the division because you want to keep the streak going. And But that being said, the Braves get to the playoffs. They feel like with that lineup and that rotation, they can match up with anybody, and I completely agree. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and get you ready for three and out next. Three and out coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. The guys have already invaded the studio. Ben Troop just, just clunking around, getting ready here. But the guy's going to catch up with Emery Hunt for Football Game Plan. Talk a little NIL, a little Jackson State with you coming up next. As for us, we'll catch up with everyone tomorrow. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check it out on ESPN at Coastal.com or wherever you get your podcast. Kevin Thomas looks flabbergasted. You can hear his explanation next right here on ESPN Radio.